It is now 6 p.m. Stay tuned for the Katie Halper Show. Starting now. Welcome to the Katie Halper Show with Katie Halper, Gabe Pacheco, Reggie Johnson. We're all here. If it's Wednesday at 6 p.m., it's the Katie Halper Show on WBAI 99.5 FM or WBAI.org on the Internet. I'm here. I'm Katie Halper. Also in the room we have with us, to my right, not politically, just physically, Gabe Pacheco. How's everybody doing out there? Good. That's, How are you? That was a rhetorical question for everyone listening, but I feel pretty good. Thanks for asking, Katie. That was such a, you sounded like a real radio voice there. Yeah, How's everybody was. doing out there that listening? Was. I'm feeling that good. Was. I'm like a quarter of the way through my uh, vanilla Frappuccino Starbucks coffee. Which so we don't endorse. We definitely don't endorse that, but you know, if you guys want to, holler at me, PayPal, I'll accept any fun. Yeah. And uh, how are you, Reggie? Reggie, of course, I'm, the uh, engineering master. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm still recovering from my long odyssey of the day because, you know, this is one of my busiest days, yes. you know, doing my late night show and then have to do your show and the show before that and other things like that. Way to yeah. make me feel guilty. Yo, Reggie just no, stacks no. up the gigs, man. He's yeah. got that New York hustle, hashtag hustle all hashtag day. Hashtag hustle, never stop. No, no, never yeah, stopping? Can't stop, won't can't stop. stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Thank you. Thank you. Thank hashtag you so never stopping. I feel never like we've stopping. just come up with wow. a new, a new, buy Starbucks, never stopping. Never stopping. Always never caffeinated. Stopping. Well, um, it's great to see you guys. I just wanted to do a little public service announcement, Yiddish lesson. Reggie was making fun of me because I was um, emoting. I'm kind of effusive, and I was emoting about how hot it was and how much I yeah. was sweating. Yeah. And Reggie, in his impeccable impersonation, said as if he were me, Oh, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm schmutzing, I'm schmutzing now. Yeah, it was like an Eddie Murphy coming to America version <laughs> of like yeah. how Jewish people sound. Yeah, but um, although Eddie Murphy's kind of seamless in that role, I think. No, yeah, okay. no, no okay. he did it really so, uh, so schmutz is dirt right no i know okay, I, I, all right. I, yeah yeah all right right what and so sweaty is schwitzy Spitz, sh- schwitzy yeah, it's yeah. kind of hard I, when i said it i knew you i knew was it, wrong right, i knew yeah. it right hey yeah. you know what we all it, this is an op- a safe space yeah. for yiddish experimentation yeah. no judgments here yeah. we love all yiddish attempts and all uh, successful it, yiddish you uh, often you're usually successful right and, and you know and really y- Using Someone's got to keep the language well, alive. No, no doubt. Right? And, and I think Yiddish is one of the unique things that makes New York, New York. Yes, I agree. You know, so. Yeah, you got to put a schmear on that bagel. Exactly. Schmier. It's a schlep to get who, there. Who I don't that? want a schmier, schlep, but schmier, it's perfect. schmutz, schwitz. Um, Just anything with a C, S, C, H, schmuck, schmuck, putz, all those great, great words. So um, we are, speaking of Jewish, we're going to call in our first guest uh, very soon. Heather Gold is a comedian and storyteller in the Bay Area. That's where she lives, although she's from Canada. Before we talk to Heather, though, we're going to set you up with a nice clip from Kim Davis. We want to update you about what happened. You guys remember Kim Davis, the, the county clerk who won't marry not only gays but straights because she poses. I wish I could forget I know. I wish I, I wish I could quit her. But <laughs> she, she went to jail because she had to fulfill her promise to Jesus after she got married four times. Once she got that out of her system... Her fourth husband is also her second husband. I feel like that's from the Bible. Like, oh the fourth God. shall be the second. I did not know that. Yeah, so she was married four times, but to only three people. So she recycled one of her hubbies. In fact, the husband you see standing with her in overalls, looking like I a left-wing New Yorker, that like, doing, 
drag as a country bumpkin bigot. Ironically. Yeah, it, it's like so over the top. He wears, no disrespect to overalls, but he wears overalls and some kind of like straw hat. And uh, I think there may be face paint involved. I'm not making that up. But this guy who's uh, defending her and called the judge a butt, like a, a behind for putting her in jail. He's her fourth and second husband. So they get along like swimmingly. Um, that's a boomerang husband. That's a boom, a boom hub. Yeah. Hub boom. So would that be considered sustainable? I don't know. Maybe maybe she needs a palate cleanser every few years. So what happened is that Kim went to jail, and now she's free. She's out on the streets, which is great um, for bigots <laughs> everywhere. Uh, she was released from jail and earlier this week, and Mike Huckabee, of course, had oh, a rally God. for her. So we're going to play you her the little spiel and, and li- the speech, if you will, and listen to the theme song that they play. It's great. We're not putting that the song in. This is a song they actually played at the rally in front of the jail she was freed from in Kentucky. But I believe that her act is going to wake up the politicians, the pastors, and the people. Would you please help me welcome to the stage, Kim Davis. Thank you all so much. I love you all so much. I just want to give God the glory. These people have rallied, and you are a strong people. We serve a living God who knows exactly where each and every one of us is at. Just keep on pressing. Don't let down. Because he is here. He's worthy. He's worthy. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Okay, so how was that? Oh man, it sounds like she just won like uh, like a championship. Really, she did against the gays. <laughs> yeah. He's with us. I'm just waiting for the day when Jesus will come on your show. Yeah, and just really start, really. Jesus, like, I know you're listening. Yeah, yeah. you know, Jesus like saying, "Hey, guys, really, you're embarrassing really, me. you're embarrassing yeah. me. You're, stop I'm it. mortified. Just I have to come back from the it. dead early. He'll need a translator to translate from Aramaic. the yeah. from the Aramaic. Like, yeah. stop it. Yeah. You said stop it. Stop it. You're not. You're not. You're, talk, not, you're not representing speaking in me my well. name. Yeah. My favorite part of that that spiel though is that um, that she says he's worthy. He's worthy. It's like the reverse of Job. You know when God tests Job. Yeah. Like this is like was Kim Davis testing jo- God to make sure he was worthy. Like, did he pass the Kim Davis test, the KDT or something? I just imagine uh, Jesus with Wayne and Garth being like, well, I'm not worthy. Oh, my God, yes, yes. And then Kim Davis being like, but y'all, y'all, y'all's worthy. <laughs> All y'all. And she cried. She was crying and crying. Yeah. It's beautiful. Her son, by the way, also works in the office, the clerkship, and um, she makes $80,000 a year. So when people ask why she doesn't just leave her Dude, job, that could be Netflix. why. She's got Netflix. Hulu Eighty thousand dollars in Kentucky. Kentucky is like a hundred billion in New York City. I, that's double. So we're going to talk to Heather oh Gold. My God. Heather Gold is a writer performer whom Boeing Boeing calls brilliant and one of our favorite comedians. Heather was part of Apple's group at the forefront of webcasting. She began applying interactive elements to live performance and has since made over fifty thousand cookies with audiences. Not a euphemism, really. In her hitch solo show, I look like an egg, by I, but I identify as a cookie. She performs, speaks, and appears globally in media avenues like CBC and NPR and colleges and venues like Ars Nova in New York, SF Sketchfest, Google, Finland's YLE, and South by Southwest. Keep a very sharp lookout for her in the upcoming Steve Jobs movie. Our first guest, we're excited to have her on the line. Um, Heather Gold, in addition to all the, the things that I said about her and 
her terrific comedy and storytelling skills. Heather is a formerly gay married person and a gay divorced person. So, Heather, are you there? Yes. Heather, welcome. Maybe. How are Thank you? Thank you. Wonderful. Glad to be here with you, Bubba. Thank you. Wow, I've never heard you so happy Bubba. off the, uh, what's it called, out of the gates? <laughs> From the beginning. From the beginning, yeah. I've come a long way, Katie. Wow. You know why? You know why, why? I'm so well? Because I'm divorced. It does oh. more Jesus ever could. It does a body good. Well, tell us, Heather, you are not only a formerly gay married person, still gay, but formerly married, I should say. Um, I'm even better at being gay she's now, a, You're yeah, even gayer. You, you thought it couldn't get gayer, but it did, right? So you're an, a newly and improvedly even more gay person who was married, and you're divorced, but you're also a jurist, having gone to law school. So wow. you have a really unique perspective on all this. What are some of your thoughts about Kim Davis? Kim Davis. Kim Davis or the response to Kim Davis? Either one. You see how you see that legalistic precision? That's the mind of a jurist. That's a legal mind. <laughs> Razor sharp. Razor sharp. On the one hand, uh, I would say I, it's pretty amazing that she's upstaged Sarah Palin. Sarah yes. Palin's got to be like, why did I do all of this um, binging and purging and right. I've been suffering through all my all this effort that I put in when this woman just had to knock the. Sarah Palin had to quit being governor. Kim Davis just had to quit doing one part of her job for very little time to get as, almost as much press as Sarah Palin. So, yeah, you're right. I would say if you want to go for a like amount of quote work effort to uh, press impact ratio, Kim Davis is, is doing well. Yeah, good bang for your buck, right? Yeah, she's got the I fundamentals. So. Yeah, she's a fundamentalist. So. Fundamentals. She's got those down pat. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised she wasn't married to someone in prison because when we couldn't get married, that was, that was always the thing that was even more amazing. It was like Charles Manson could get married, right. but I couldn't. Right. You know? So I feel right. like she almost has hit like the grand slam of everything that we couldn't do. Right. We fought hard to be able to be like Kim Davis. Right. But, you know, she's where she's the quality we aspire to is to have screwed up marriage as much as she has. We try. Right. If, working on it. if only you could get married. If only you can squeeze in four marriages, Heather. There's still time. And we could Three work more. We could work at it. I know. I know. I mean, we get, could get paid sort of for only, like, in a sense, like, my 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 marital night, people paid for to watch that. But other than that, that's about all we get away with. Um, she's, I don't know, I think the response to her is, it just feels so crazy predictable to me. Don't mm. you feel like, I feel like she's playing the left for kind of, a, it's not even her, it's whoever's trying to, you know, use her. Right, like the Mike Huckabee and the, and the Liberty, Liberty Council, Matt Staver, I know, I feel, whose emails I, I get. A little, a little conveniently Jewishly guilty because even our conversation, Katie, is putting money in her pocket. You're right. Speak. You know what, as but we, that is good because we are challenging the Jewish stereotype of being stingy. We're giving away. I like that. I That's like good, that. right? Like we're changing. We're changing the, things around. And I was in a video, by the way. I, I did a video, which you guys can find on YouTube. It's great. Oh, thank you. Um, and it's like something like Kim Davis opens up about her f four marriages. And in that video, I pretend to be Kim Davis. Um, I was married four times. I think, yeah, four. Oh, wait, I was married four times. That is the, the God's honest truth. And what happened was one of my mothers-in-law, I think it was Darlene, I don't really remember, she was on the deathbed, and she made me promise that I would accept the Lord Jesus as my savior, and I did. And he accepted me back. And I think that's clear because he awarded me with this clerkship. I take that my job very seriously. I took an oath, but before that oath, 
I took an oath to Jesus. And that's why I can't marry these gays. No disrespect to them. They're, they are what they are. They will meet their maker. And he'll deal with them, fry them up, and they'll be toast. And some people commented, stupid whore, your nose is freaking huge. And I happened to not have a big nose, so I wasn't, I was more offended that they were so blind and had such a bad eye. They could have gone after other things, but, uh... Well, it's a thing people like to yell. They say it about her, too. I mean, that's the thing I have to stick up for, is people are busy criticizing what she looks like. Mm. Like, I don't... Yeah, I, I know. That's part of her charm. That's, right. She, she has an underdog look. Right. I think oh that's true. God. Like, you either have to be oh. Sarah Palin and very well put together... Or you have to be extremely dumpy, and <laughs> Gabe is, is, I wish listeners could see Gabe, he's pantomiming both extremes of the, on the f female spectrum oh, that you get when you're trying to be a famous re reactionary. So no tight leather jacket for Kim Davis? I don't know, I don't think so. Here's the thing, here's the beautiful irony of this whole thing. Do you know who would be the most welcoming of Kim Davis? Do you know who would, who would be the most body positive and loving <laughs> and supportive of Kim Davis Who? and help her understand her strengths and possibly the beauties in her body she could enjoy? Who? Lesbians. Lesbians. I, I thought you were going to say that, right. The lesbian community. How ironic. She is crying out. I mean, people don't think we convert. I say, let's, let's make our own religion. Let's make gay religion. Right. Let's make her our first conversion. Yeah, you guys, I, th I don't think a lot of straights would fight that. I don't think a lot of straights would be fighting to keep her on just our team. For the, just for the pleasure of the, of the inversion of the whole thing. Yes, now, the conquest. I exactly. See the game, the well, chase, honestly, the game. Why do you think she keeps marrying over and over again? It's true. Like, uh, Good point. She still can't find it. She's on number three twice. Oh, it's so sad. So did 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 your gay divorce make you kind of wish that you hadn't had the right to gay marry? Did you like? Did that make you regretful about the equality you had achieved? No, it was a little bit weirdly like my abortion. Let's just drop another thing. I'm oh, okay, yeah. To talk Kim about Kim Davis it was, it was heart attack. Connected in my in my life and uh, part of the, the next or part of the story of the next show I'm working on. But I'm someone who worked as lesbians do unbelievably hard to get pregnant. It was not like someone just handed it to me. Right. You know, like say I don't know if Kim Davis has had any kids. I don't imagine. Yeah, she has. She had two twins. She had twins out yeah. of wedlock. I think some things I'm really not proud of. I had twins out of out of wedlock. Okay. And I, that was not an immaculate conception, if you know what I mean. Not that I care, I mean, but... Like, like, like Sarah Palin's kid. It's like right. they just, you know, they yeah. take a less and all of a sudden they're pregnant. Yeah, whoops. We, I had to spend money and work hard and, and deal with lawyers. And, and plan, plan, right. My sperm was coming from, right. so, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, the, the one uh, pregnancy I had uh, did not, did not, not... Um, last. Last. Properly, but what happens is then I had to have an abortion because I, I mean the last thing you want when you're pregnant, especially when you're really trying to have a child, is to be forced to carry the term this undeveloped child right. uh, that you, especially when you're older and you're trying to have a child. So that experience made me more pro-choice, and this I'd say divorce made me feel more. Um, yeah, oh, more strongly that we should have the choice to do it and right. to and to do it wrong. I mean, right. and to you know, to we had to work hard to do it. Uh, I'd say there's a lot I learned from it. It was a really the divorce part was really difficult, even almost harder than the marriage. It's right. It's funny. It's like uh, I've heard this joke before. I can't remember where, but gay you know gay people will say straight people have the right to get married and never have sex. 
again too. Oh sure, I mean, like that's, then, that's right. The Everyone deserves. The courts aren't ready for us to get divorced, so right. you end up with these crazy situations like I did, where oh, it's a whole crazy story. I mean, that I ended up the parent of a child that I hadn't had. Right. That I had to do all this work. Like, they're not used to it because you're not the the you weren't the legal norm. So. Um, I mean, divorce. Have any of you guys been divorced? Gabe, have you guys been divorced? No, I, I haven't. And actually, just you know, for my sake and maybe some of the listeners, what what are some differences when uh, when a gay couple gets divorced that um, that uh, straight people maybe haven't had yet? What are the situations like that are unique? There's more arguing over Emily DeFranco albums for sure. Materialism. Lots of... <laughs> Marxist. Yeah. Like, who, who's patchouli that was? Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you're also so concerned with being considered of the other one, the processing. Like, yeah, no the one processing, really right. wants to leave. Right. And uh, <laughs> even though you should, it makes it... You're, and you're concerned, am I being fair to this person being horrible to me? You're much more worried about it because we have so many years of experience doing that. Uh, so maybe so, there's a market? I mean, a, oh, I mean, in terms of legally what happens, for example, this crazy thing that happened to me as a child was the, the, the presumption in the state of New York, you guys are in New York, I was in New York uh, at the end of my marriage, and uh, it presumes that if someone has a child, the child is the child of the person you are married to. Yes. So when the person who I had been married to had a child, the legal presumption was that, you know, I'd magically inseminated her from across the country. That's wow. beautiful. So that's some impressive uh, insemination skills. That sounds like the New, yeah, new so, Testament. Yeah. So Kim Davis is... Maybe concerns were so powerful. I mean, all for the courts, apparently. It's just, there's, it's called, there's a lot of presumptions in right. there that don't fit in terms of how things always happen. Right. So, um, divorce, that's the crazy thing about divorce. I mean, anyone who's in divorce club out there, you know, listening to this probably knows that you end up wanting to be divorced more than you want to be married, which is similar to wanting to be out of the closet more than you want to be in. That's part of what, full, you know, circle, actually, full circle, all comes full circle. It does. It does. Well, it Heather, would be a little easier to be gay, but have we made it easier to be divorced? I mean, Kim, Kim should have to, you know. Heather, where I can people can find I, you online? You can find me at heathergold.com. That's where most of my stuff is. I'm at, at Heather, H-E-A-T-H-R, on Twitter. And uh, I want to thank you for staying on top of this and making sure she has to do her full job when she gets back yes. to work. I want her to have to. You know, yes, it's all about the Protestant work ethic. Uh, thank you so much. It's a paper. That's it. It's ridiculous. But we'll have you back on, Heather. Come back. And next time you're in New York, we'll have you in the studio. But keep enjoying the Bay Area weather. I will. Keep enjoying Everyone should check out Katie's videos. Great. Thanks. Check her out at Turtleneck. It's a fabulous thing. Thank you. All right. Bye, Heather. See you soon. Bye, Heather. Bye. And that was Heather Gold, hilarious comedian, storyteller, and jurist, Heather Gold. We're here at the Katie Halper Show on WBAI 99.5 FM or WBAI.org on the Internet. We're going to bring in our next guest very soon, uh, Versha Sharma, who is a senior producer at Now This News. But before she comes in, we're going to introduce you to her by playing some audio from a video she made about one of our favorite politicians, Bobby Jindal. Bobby Jindal is running for president. I am tanned, rested, and ready for this fight. His first name is actually Payush. He was born to Indian immigrant parents in Louisiana, just like I was. But at a young age, he decided to change his name to Bobby because of Bobby from the Brady Bunch. Jindal was our first Indian American governor, and now he's the first Indian American running for president. But here's the thing. 
He doesn't actually believe in hyphenated Americans. He wants his image to look as American as possible. They have second, third generations of immigrants who refuse to embrace the values and culture of the countries they have moved into. Look it up. Google image search. You're not going to find pictures of him with women in saris. You're not going to find pictures of him standing next to Hindu priests. And on his re-election night, his media director says he was told to put as few Indian relatives on stage as possible because of the optics. Now, the Jindal camp says people were free to wear whatever they want. You just wouldn't get a photo with the governor if you did. That's reserved for the guys from Duck Dynasty. So let me tell you what that feels like. As an Indian American who's from Louisiana, who as a young girl maybe one day dreamed of running for office, it doesn't sound like you're just embracing the American part of your identity. It sounds like you're actively distancing yourself from the Indian part. It sounds like you have to stay away from anything that might be ethnic or seemingly different to make it in this country. And that is a political disservice to the many minorities who are trying to make it. And look, we elected a guy with the middle name Hussein, not once, but twice, which means you can probably get by with calling yourself Payush. It might actually make your poll numbers go up. Thank you, Versha Sharma, the woman behind that amazing video, is here live in studio. We're back at the Katie Helper Show on WBAI 99.5 FM, WBAI.org. That was Versha Sharma's video about Bobby Jindal. Versha, welcome to the Katie Helper Show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, and Versha, I should say, is a senior producer at Now This News. And she's a previously was a reporter at MSNBC, Talking Points Memo, and Vocative. Yes, that's right. Now, how small is the Louisiana Indian population? Like, do you know Bobby Jindal personally, family friend style? I do not know uh, Bobby Jindal personally, though I do get asked that question a lot. Um, when people hear that I am an Indian American from <laughs> Louisiana, they okay. just sort of automatically assume right. we're related somehow. But they're not sarcastic when they ask it like I no, was, right? No, but um, the Indian community is actually, it's relatively close-knit, and it is small enough that a lot of people know people. So I will say I have friends who know people in Jindal family. Wow. So it is it is that close. But Six degrees of yeah, Indian of exactly. Indian Louisiana and separation. Um, I just wanted to, to draw everyone's attention to this really fun fact about Bobby Jindal. First of all, I don't know if you guys know this, he witnessed a uh, an exorcism. That's right, in college. In college. And he's a, he's a Rhodes Scholar. He is. Okay, he's a Rhodes Scholar who also witnessed an exorcism and kind of participated in it. He had a friend, Susan, I think her name was, and when they were in college, they, and he wrote about this, I think he wrote about it in an Oxford journal, actually. He wrote an entire essay about it. It's online. You can find it. It's fascinating. Um, I'm not actually sure why it doesn't come up more now that he's running for president. It but kind of, I'm sorry, but it just sounds incredibly cool. Like That actually adds coolness points for me, being right. someone that loves paranormal activity, right. uh, the unexplainable, the esoteric. Yeah, that's great. Well, so. I wrote a, a thing in Rolling Stone about the the appropriate theme songs for Republican candidates. And the theme song for uh, Bobby Jindal that I chose was the theme song from The Exorcist. Who, oh, I thought you were going to say, like, who are you going to call? Like, he's, oh, he's, he's, he's like a ghostbuster. Yeah, buster. he is a ghostbuster. I want to see an Indian ghostbuster. It's so crazy. You're right. Run for president. <laughs> that, and we'll live in a post-racial world when there's an Indian ghostbuster. That's all I'm going to say. Exactly. All right. So um, disagree. I want to say just another thing about Bobby Jindal that I find really fascinating is that um, he wrote a letter to Obama when Obama went to New Orleans to uh, mark the 10th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, 
um, Governor Bobby Jindal wrote him a letter saying, although I understand that your emphasis in New Orleans will rightly be on economic development, the temptation to stray into climate change politics should be resisted. While you and others may be of the opinion that we can legislate away hurricanes with higher taxes, business regulations, and EPA paragraphs, that is not a view shared by many Louisianians. I would ask you to respect this important time of remembrance by not inserting the divisive political agenda of liberal environmental activism. Is that not the best thing you've ever heard? By the way, he is like a Ghostbuster in that he's against the EPA. He yes. Is. There's so. a there's a vast right. EPA conspiracy yeah. to just damage America, <laughs> apparently. Is that not the best thing? It's like the most politically charged, nasty partisan <sighs> imploring someone to not be politically charged or partisan I've ever heard. Exactly. It's it's very it's extremely absurd. It's extremely tone deaf. Yeah. Considering, you know, how New Orleans and a lot of South Louisiana suffered. I know you liberals like to make everything political, but because you're a bunch of commies and hippies, but can you not politicize it, please? Like, he's insulting liberals. It's it's amazing. Anyway, I know he doesn't sound like that, and I'm going to get hate mail, but... Oh, he whatever. does actually have a Southern accent. He does, though. yeah. That's yeah, there. he does. So, Versha, tell us about your career, and tell us about now next, this news, and tell us about how you got there and what you do there, and it's a huge thing. Like, I, people who don't... You may have heard of now this news, but even if you haven't heard of it, you've seen their videos, because they go crazy viral wild viral if you will on facebook and other social media platforms they do and we're very proud of it um i have been at now this for a little over a year now and previously most of my experience was in digital multimedia reporting now this is the first company i've worked for that's all video so it's been a great experience to learn and i've never been at a company that has grown as fast as now this has so you gave it the versa sharma bump (laughs) well i'm one one of many one of many people who work very hard but last year last summer i'll say when i first joined we were averaging about a million views a month on facebook which is pretty good well at the time we thought it was good this month we actually just got our final numbers august 2015 over 400 million views stop and i mean that that amount of growth in one year um you know we're sort of we're not we're not surprised but we're very excited about it and we see it on all of our individual videos now. I mean, the Bobby Jindal video that you guys just heard had over a million views on Facebook. Um, one of my personal favorite things to come out of that is that Asif Manvi, the former Daily Show <laughs> correspondent, shared it. That's great. So, I mean, that was the main thing. Like, nice. when Indian Americans and other South Asians really identified with it, like, right. that was the point I was trying to get across. But, I mean, that's a million is nothing for us now. So, we did yeah. an interview with Bernie Sanders last week. That's over 12 million views wow. in one week. Do you remember where you were when you found out that you were going to talk to Bernie Sanders in the flesh? Yeah, I was uh, in the now this office about two days prior wow. to that. Okay. So it, it's, it was something we had been working on for a while just because we already know that our audience loves them so much. We have a really progressive young audience. Right. And we knew that, you know, that would probably be attractive to his campaign, reaching a lot of young voters, a mm. lot of first time voters. Right. Um, and yeah, our audience just really identifies him and likes likes to hear what he says. And his sexy Vermont accent. Yeah, they absolutely. Feel the burn. They feel the they, burn. They yeah. absolutely <laughs> feel the burn. Were you nervous when you met him? Uh, I mean, I was a little nervous. Yeah, but he he's a very as you would imagine, he's just a very like straightforward, down to business kind of guy. He is originally Earth, from right? Brooklyn. I know, yes, of course. It's his accent. Yeah. Brooklyn he has not accent. lost yeah. that accent. Right. That's why I, I right. joke it's Vermontese, yeah. you know. So, you know, yeah, he, he puts right. you at ease because as soon as I met him, you know, you definitely got the impression all he wants to do is talk about the issues, right. which is something that 
our audience respects. Not Hillary's outfit. Exactly. He doesn't care. All right, so we're going to play the first Bernie video. We have more people in jail today than any other country on earth, including communist China, three times our size, which is an authoritarian country. So we need real reforms in criminal justice. Our goal should not be to put more and more people in jail. It should be figuring out ways that we keep people out of jail. And that requires major reforms in our criminal justice system. It requires accountability for police departments. It means taking a hard look at the war on drugs so that we do not flood our jails with nonviolent criminals. It means a path out of jail so that when people leave jail, they're going to have jobs and education, uh, mental health counseling, rather than getting right back into jail. It means getting corporations out of the running and building of jails. People should not be making profits by the incarceration of fellow Americans. That was Bernie Sanders, and you're listening, of course, to the Katie Halper Show on WBAI.org, 99.5 FM. We're here with Versha Sharma of Now This News, and that was a video interview that Versha conducted with, with Senator Sanders. So those, those are sort of two topics that converged a little perfectly for our audience because our audience loves Bernie Sanders and our audience is extremely interested in prison reform. Right. I mean, as as he said in that clip, the statistics are just staggering. It's crazy that America has a higher incarceration rate than China. And it's even more staggering when you get to the racial breakdown of what the actual population in prison is. Um, so, I mean, I think I think it's as frustrating as those statistics can be. I think it's promising that we both have a candidate and a president in office who want to address these things. And we have young people who follow now this who are actually really passionate about actually making that change. Right. And, um, yeah, the numbers are, like, astonishing. And uh, we had Nate Silver talking about the homicide numbers for black people in this country versus white people. That's not an official law enforcement issue, right? Or, right. law, or law and order issue. What's really, really just as disturbing, if not more, is the way you see these racial disparities in the in the incarceration rates. I mean, it's a, and in fact, our next guest, uh, State Senator Gustavo Rivera, has uh, done really important work with allowing charities to pay for bonds, bail bonds, because people actually, because they can't afford to pay it, they will make deals because right. they can't afford to pay it. So they're, they will be innocent of a crime and they'll make a deal. I they'll mean, end just, up pleading guilty yeah, just to just get because they can't afford yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. and. You guys just made another video that was really effective about a journalist, a reporter who's since been fired. Can you just tell us quickly about that video? So another topic international that we've been covering um, in depth has been the ongoing refugee crisis in Europe and the Middle East. And you might have seen this video, but if not, you can see it on the Now This News Facebook page. A Hungarian video journalist was actually caught on camera kicking and tripping refugees as they were running away from police. Now, this video has gone viral in a good way because people are absolutely outraged about it. We put it up yesterday, and it's already over 7 million views. Um, the Hungarian TV station responded very quickly. It's called N1 TV, and they fired her. Right, even so, though they're a pretty scary right-wing yeah, station. So I think, yeah, so I think that they knew that... You know, internally, Bad I don't optics. know. They exactly right. they might like support her actions. Who right. knows how they really feel? But right. this was something that they couldn't ignore because it was on camera, it's and that's so that's scary. Like, imagine the stuff we don't see. Right, that these people that are doesn't doing. get caught. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, thank you, terrible racist Hungarian woman, for actually doing in the open what lots of people want to do. 
Yeah. And wish would happen to refugees, but you actually trip them. Yeah. I mean, it like was the most sadistic thing I've ever seen. And one of them, one man was carrying a child. Yeah. I mean, like you really have no regard for the physical safety of that child who is an innocent, no matter which way you look at the situation. Yeah, it's really, it was really disturbing. Racism is a hell of a drug. It's like she's listening to Donald Trump. Yeah, she probably is listening to Donald Trump. Uh, good job, Donald. The Donald. Well, Versha, thank you so much for coming on, and we'd love to me. have you back. And we're gonna we'll link to you and and your videos. And where can people find you personally online? You can find me on Twitter at Versharma. Great. That is a combination of my first and last names. So V E R S H A R M A. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank and you now guys. we're gonna play in honor of you and Bernie Sanders. We're yeah, gonna yeah. play yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a little song the, that is actually Bernie Sanders singing, "This Land Is Your Land." As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. This land is my land. And you were listening to the Katie Helper Show. We are back. If it's Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m., it is the Katie Helper Show. We're going to bring in our next guest, who is we're really excited to have. I think this is the first politician that we're actually having on the show um, that I know of. And so I, I'm either a very bad host and I've had politicians without knowing it on the show, or this is indeed the first politician we've had on the show. I must but correct you. I am sorry, but I must correct you. I'm a public servant. Public servant. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is that true? That, that there's... Is- that is, no, that is, it is, there is certainly a difference because the politicians are the three people that were in my seat before me who oh, all went to prison I heard that. for oh. violating the public trust. So there's a difference there. Got it. That, uh, but that I like are you to make officially, like, if, in other words, does politician, is anyone a politician? Is any public servant a politician? Even, is it a semantics, emphasis, emphasis so for, for, issue? Yes, it is indeed an emphasis issue. It is, it, it's something that I started doing immediately, and you haven't even, you know, oh yeah, you know what? But it's but I can but I can actually go into it right now because for me it's important to make this distinction. But wait, before you do that, yes. I just want so people know that this isn't just a uh, so a cobbler from- telling us. Not that there's anything wrong with cobblers. <laughs> that would just be an interesting hypothetical, not speaking from experience. Or like type a tailor, of or a, a tailor. scrivener, right? A scrivener. Love. <laughs> a I need a scrivener on the show. Yes. We are speaking right now to State Senator Gustavo Rivera, who was elected to represent District 33 in the New York State Senate in November 2010. Yes, ma'am. And the 33rd Senate District extends, just so people know, because my mom is from the Bronx, so it matters, from the Northwest Bronx to areas of the East Bronx and includes Kingsbridge Heights, East Tremont, Cretona Park, Ford and Belmont, Van Nest, Claremont, Highbridge, and Morris Park. Also, our engineer-in-chief, Reggie Johnson, is from the Bronx. Right, from uh, Morrisana. There you go. Morrisana, right. Is that Morris Park? It's no, Morris, no, 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 Morris, no, no, Morris, no. Morris, Morris, Morris is further south. Oh, so you're yes. not in his district. No, no, no. It wouldn't That's, be. Okay, I'm no. sorry. It would no, no. How, it, it but it's no Bronx side. It's, it's, it's all good. It's Bronx side is all cool. At okay. least the brother's not from Jersey. Yeah. Not that yes. Yes. Oh, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so can you, I didn't mean to cut you off. To no, state don't worry. Senator, um, about your political, politician versus public servant identity. The reason the reason I make that I make that distinction is because when the guy that I, that I, 
that I ran against and I beat back in 2010 is a dude who is now in federal prison for Love violating him. the public trust. Yes, I've always wanted to visit him, bring him a cake, but <laughs> my staff has really said that I should not do that. So I, you know, follow them. And the guy that was there before him also went to prison for violating the public trust, and the guy before him. So it's a tradition. So it's a thing, right? So uh, the first six months in office for me was uh, it was had the people giving me the look. Now. Obviously, this is a radio show. You can't see the look, but the look that you give someone, you're like, I know you're full of it. Right. I know. Mm. That's the look I got for the first six it. months. And I, and I looked at these people dead in the face and I said, I don't expect you to trust me. I expect you to hold me accountable. Right. And so the distinction that I started making, which might seem, yes, an emphasis issue, uh, but it was but it was for me, it's important to make that distinction because the guys, the dudes that were there before me, I call Captain Knucklehead, uh, you know, all these all these sort of things that I can call them. Uh, Most the, of which you can't say on radio. So thank you. Correct. For, for uh, correct. Yeah. I can I can write them down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll just laugh. Uh, exactly. But but these but these folks were obviously not. They didn't ultimately. They didn't care about the people that they represented. Right. And to me, it was important to make that distinction, and and tell these folks the same folks that looked at me like they didn't trust me at first. I said, I don't expect you to trust me. I expect you to hold me accountable, and judge me by my actions don't judge me what i'm going to tell you because right. i can obviously tell you a really good right. story and and make of something really funny or really pretty but judge me by my actions and that was in 2010 when i got elected and i've been i've had the privilege of serving the 33rd district for now five this is my fifth year in the senate so and i'm very how did good. you get involved in public service not politics you'll know what i said <laughs> so i saw what you're doing there uh it's it's a long story but the short version is that I came to New York originally, from Puerto Rico originally, born and raised down there, Got came here to do a PhD in political science at the CUNY Graduate Center. And then at the end uh, of the, uh, when, when I, I was actually, um, I was kind of intoxicated at the time, I'll be honest with you, in 1999. I got here in 98, so in 99 I'm having a, a, a I, was, I was a little bit, you know, Tipsy. Uh, yes, uh, more than that. On life, uh, high if, on life. Yeah, yeah, well, on and on all the alcohol that I had drunk oh, okay. at the time. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine who suggested that he would, would I ever run for public office. I told him that I never would. I wasn't interested at the time. He said he would, so I started helping him out. And so it, the the very short version is that since that moment, I was I stayed involved in in electoral politics. I was a, an operative who did campaigns anywhere from the local level all the way to the national. And in 2010... Uh, as a, uh, I saw it, even though I had told my friend in 99 and I meant it for years that I never wanted to run for anything, the guy was such a bad person that he needed to be uh, defeated. So that it, it was, and this is again the short version. Right. So this is your friend that needed to be defeated. No, no. This was oh, yeah, that's what I thought you meant too. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry, we got confused. Okay. No, 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 my friend. Yeah, my yeah, fr right, no, no, no. Right. Yeah. We're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about. Yes, I'm right. sorry. The fast forward in the the yes, 99 guy. Uh, we we ran a race in in Brooklyn actually, uh, yeah. which we lost terribly because we didn't know what we were doing. But that first campaign gave me the sense there is something. Uh, th there is a reason why doing this work is important. Um, there's a guy by the name of Harold Laswell, the 1930s. He defined politics as who gets what, when, and how. So it's obvious. So it's about limited resources and who has access to those right. resources to put them here or Zero there. Some game. So it makes sense that it uh, that it is important that we care about who is in government because those are the individuals. Whether you know who they are or not, whether you care who they are or not, whether you participate or not, we still make decisions. We, I'm one of those folks that makes decisions that impact people's lives. So. Uh, it is uh, so. I always wanted to be involved, and I was an operative. I got that uh, makes I, it sound like you killed people. Uh, well, no, okay. I did not. Uh, well, not at least not literally. Right. <laughs>
Uh, what I did was, <laughs> as a as a Democratic operative, what I uh, as I described it, I was the infantry of the Democratic Party. You pointed at a target, and I went and destroyed it. And it was usually a Republican. So okay. I did that for years. Uh, and the last job that I had before I became a senator, I worked for Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. I was a director of outreach. And my goal was to help her get reelected and then try to go and, and work in the White House. That's what I wanted to do. In 2008, I was one of the state directors for Obama in Florida. Oh, wow. And so I had, you know, I had this all this experience, and I was like, I want to go and, and work in the White House. But then uh, in 2009, for those of you, for, the, for your listeners, they might remember, there was a coup in the state Senate. Right. And so the guy... Uh, that led that coup was the dude that I eventually defeated. And I was like, this guy's got to go. But again, I said, the things that I said at the time were not as PG rated as right. this guy's got to go. Right. Uh, and oh, But ultimately it was like, I needed, I, I first I thought that I was going to find somebody else to run against him. Didn't. And ultimately I had to make a decision Mr. to do it Smith my own. Mr. Smith went to Albany. Well, or Mr. Rivera yeah. goes north uh, where the where the <laughs> place is called and lots of now, uh, snow. Why, how old were you when you came here? To, the, thank Puerto you Rico? for thank you for having me think about how old I am now. <laughs> I came, I got here, I got here in '98 when I was 20 to 23, something like that. And did you go to an English language school in Puerto Rico? I learned my English from cable television. But you have no accent. Well, I can have accent if you no, want. No, of course, but but it, it's but I, I I learned English from cable television. I have an ease of uh, very good facility with languages. I'm saying it, it, I I. From watching, from watching Cheers, you can't do that on television. Right. Uh, full House, know, Full Night House, Court. So, Night Court. Oh, Night Court! I love the Night. I love Dan Night Fielding. Court. I love Night, Night Court. Court. Taxi. Nice choice. Well, wow, no, wait a minute. Nice wait a minute. Uh, um, what was the one? Uh, the the uh, the cops. Barney Miller. Okay. Watching Ooh. even Barney Miller, man. Barney, Barney Miller. Miller. Very New York Barney show. Miller. Barney Miller. Yeah. Barney Miller. Yes. Right. I also, I also, I mean, I'm, I'm very glad, by the way, Katie, you invited me to your show for many reasons. One of them is that I've always wanted to have another career in voiceovers. You could do it. You want, you could I probably do it. could. Totally. Yeah, it's really And totally. I could totally. do it in the Spanish or in English. Yeah. But we are here to talk about. Well, yes, let's talk about some yes. of the issues that you've been working on. And I mentioned during our earlier segment with Versha Sharma, one of the bills that you were working on that I found absolutely A fascinating. A quick thing that yeah. I want to say, even though you talked about Bobby Jindal, yeah. you did not refer to my favorite candidate. And you might think, you might think that my favorite candidate is Donald Trump. No, it is not. I it is Rafael Eduardo Cruz. Rafael oh, right. Eduardo Cruz. The he might call himself He might call himself dead to the people, but right. no. His name is Rafael Eduardo Cruz. That is his birth name. Uh, I, I am so loving the clown car over there that you know we could talk about it for days. Yeah. But the bill that you're referring to is a bill that passed back in 2011. Uh, it was vetoed in 2011, but then passed in 2012, signed into law in 2012 to create... Uh, regulate and authorize charitable bail organizations. And basically what this, but these are, it uh, gives a nonprofit the ability to raise private money to establish a revolving fund to post bail on behalf of individuals that are indigent and have been accused of nonviolent crimes. And it was the first one that existed uh, was called the Bronx Freedom Fund. It existed up in the Bronx. A uh, judge told them in 2011 that they had to stop because they were operating in a quote-unquote gray area of the law. And so we made it black and white. We uh, both regulated them and authorized them. They are now... Is that, uh, was that really the judge's um, motivation or was there something more the, the judge, no, the judge, the, the judge basically said, you know, you guys are doing something that's never been done before. And it, they, he was right. Okay. So we needed to, we needed to change 
uh, particularly insurance law in the state of New York, to allow for an organization that is a nonprofit, because right. you do have bail bonds people who are, are for-profit businesses, right. but uh, nonprofits did not have the ability within the law to really be able to do it. And with this bill, they now have the authority. And they have been, uh, they've been doing fantastic work. Just to give you some of the numbers for the Bronx Freedom Fund, uh, which is, uh, it, 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 estab it was established again, uh, it started to operate again in 2013 after the bill was signed. There's 140 individuals that they posted bail for. Of those, 98% of them have come back for every single court date. 56% of them have ended in dismissals where all the charges were dropped. I say again, more than half, 56% of the people that posted bail, that the Bronx Freedom Fund posted bail on behalf of, got their charges ultimately dropped So not dropped that they completely. were acquitted, they got the charges dropped. Boom. They didn't even Done. go dropped. to trial. They, they, exactly. And, and what this does, and, and you, were, you were very much on point earlier, the reality with the, the bail system needs to be reformed completely. While we do that, while we ask a question about whether the bail system is necessary at all, it is important to, to create programs right. like this because ultimately you have 140 individuals who, who might have had, you know, they might have had issues with their job. They might have had issues with childcare, uh, with, child care, with their with their uh, with, with their apartments. There are so many things that they would have had issues with. Uh, and I mean, we don't have to we don't have to look far to find horror stories of people that committed no crime and yet are stuck in the criminal justice system. The spiral that happens here, we're able to stop it. And so this is why I'm incredibly proud of this program. It is the first bill I passed. And let me tell you something. Wow. It is it is. I'm incredibly proud to say that it wasn't that it wasn't the bill that was signed into law that was doing something, you know, kind of silly. There's there's a lot of laws that we pass that are silly. I'm glad to know that this is not one of them and is the first one that I that I passed. And, and it is just growing where we have a few of them in the city. There, matter of fact, the, the city council in their recent budget approved one point four million dollars to create a citywide bail fund. Uh, I thank uh, Speaker Melissa Mark Viverito for that. She, she fought for it. She it stayed in the budget. It got approved. So we're structuring it right now and figuring out how it's going to work. Uh, but but this is, and we have a couple that we're trying to start upstate. Uh, so it is it is something that is spreading around the state. Right. And there's some tweaks that might need to be done to the law. But ultimately, it it gives the opportunity for these type of organizations to exist. And it makes... Uh, it saves the lives of people. Right. I truly believe that, and I'm very happy that that was the first No, it's great. I mean, it's so it's something you don't think about, how like just n staying in jail because you can't afford it will actually get you to plead guilty to something you didn't do. That's, That's correct. so mind-boggling. And yeah, oh, yeah it then becomes a debtor's prison. So debtor's because prison. you're yeah. you're you're criminalizing being poor, and the poor right. are like these walking ATM machines. Uh, With for very little the money state. in it. Right. Yeah. But then also when you look at 56% uh, of the people having their uh, charges dropped. Uh, entirely, uh, doesn't that sort of reflect that the um, police apparatus mm. is um, not focusing on the right issues? Yes, certainly. And, that and they're going after people who don't, they can't build a case against? Yeah, yeah, but th there, I mean, is anything ever brought up um, uh, in ways to reform how police police uh, when you look at them sort of? I think that we we can do we can do this is multi-pronged right. when we're talking about the reforming the criminal justice system we have to think it's you know method man said it best hitting them from every angle yeah. you can't oh, just yes. hit them from one place or the other you have to do it from all over the place so whether we're talking about the reforming the bail system period uh, that is that is something that needs to happen but then there are some serious questions that some of these numbers bring up and some of these stories bring up as you said right. about how 
police are policing. What exactly are they doing? What are they focusing on? And what are the changes that we need to do to that, to, to those, to, to the way that they're trained? And, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the process right now of thinking this through because there's a, a local, uh, a guy who is the a commanding officer of a local precinct, the 4-2 up in the Bronx, by the name of uh, Deputy Inspector Ortiz, who just got appointed. Uh, he's now at One Police Plaza, and his job is to deal with uh, uh, community, police community relations. Uh, and he's working directly for the uh, uh, directly for Commissioner Bratton. I, I, I cannot praise Commissioner enough for this because he is a dude that understands this, and I'm going to work with him to think this through. How are we, how do police, how are they trained? How, what are they policing? Uh, because again, these numbers and these stories show you that uh, it is, it might be problematic how they're doing their, their they, work. When you look at that as well, if those people were staying in jail um, for extended periods of time, how, what type of expenses uh, do they accrue? Um, just housing people. What are the expenses housing people to the taxpayers? Oh, right. That's the other thing. It's it's even if you don't care about these people, which obviously we do, but people who are totally what is it? Um, like Republicans. Hard, yes, Republicans you can say or what's the, you can what's say the it. Law and order. What is that? What it's called? Like um, tough on crime. Those people. Those yeah, even tough on crime. Yeah, you know the people who are like always, like broken windows fans. I know. I know exactly who these <laughs> folks are because they serve with me in the New York right. State Senate. They're politicians. They're, they're not public <laughs> They're they're certainly. Uh, and they're an interesting <laughs> I'll tell you this, I, and I'll tell you this. And but, and, but they don't care about the people. But they should care about that. taxpayers not paying money to house people in jail. So just to, again to be clear, there are some of these folks. Before I was before I was a senator, I would have never told you that I had a Republican who was a friend. I can't say that now. I have people. I'm so sorry. It's it's true. This is where the healing starts. It's it's, (laughs) (laughs) it's, but but there are some of these folks that I have a lot of respect for, and I understand that they just view how they go about fixing society in a very different way. They believe very different things than what we do, but some of these folks are still some of these folks are still uh, are, are still committed. In, in for for the wrong in the wrong ways I believe but for the right reasons they want to make society better now right. there are some of these folks that are not in the same way concerned they are com- committed ideologically to ideas that are abhorrent at best I mean we're talking about there there's some folks up there that believe that you have if people are incarcerated they should remain incarcerated for the rest of their natural lives there's some of these folks that believe this right. because they think that those people, quote unquote, are different than us right. and that it's part of the responsibility to keep them away from us. So they, these are the folks that are the hardcore. They, they, these, these folks still argue to this day on the floor of the Senate that the worst thing that the state could have done was get rid of Rockefeller drug laws. They right. still to this day so argue absurd. it. Still, there. So, and I and I got and I got to figure out. There's a couple of them that I'm never going to be able to change right, their mind. That are lost causes. There's a couple of them though that I can make the case. Sometimes the human case, but sometimes the money case. Right. And I can make the case. This is something that would save us money in the long term. If you're talking about, when I make that case and I make it quietly and privately and and with a lot of data, and you could see them, them still shaking their heads. I'm like, okay, I know who you are now. Right. You're not one of those people who's going to be convinced with facts right. and figures and truth. No, you, you, you just want to be like, man, those people. Man, right. man. So, so I, I, I know who they are. But that's that's part of me. That's part of my job is figuring out who are the ones that I can convince, who are the ones that I can't convince, uh, and then you know make sure that we get versions that still, the versions of bills and what have you. That I mean, this bill actually passed unanimously in the Senate. Wow. 
That's so crazy. It, it, you, unanimously? That is, unanimously. That is amazing. And you also work on syringe exchanges? Syringe access, yes. S- syringe uh, access. I am. That, I imagine, is, is a little bit harder to get con- like a consensus <laughs> on. Well... Sort of, and not really. Hmm. Uh, there is, well, as far as the syringe access, I'm in the I'm the ranking member in the Health Committee in the Senate, which means that hopefully, when the Democrats get to the majority in the Senate, I will be the the, the chair of the Health Committee in the Senate. Uh, and one of the issues that I'm that I've been working on with a lot of groups and organizations is the ends of a end of AIDS task force. Uh, one of the proposals that came out of the task force was the idea of syringe access. Now, for those folks that are not familiar with harm reduction. Uh, is the idea, first of all, that you deal with addiction not as a criminal problem, mm-hmm. but as a public health problem. You deal with uh, a people that is addicted uh, not as a criminal, and you don't, uh, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? When you, when you just judge someone because of they're an addict, as opposed to that, you say, all right, I am going to provide you access to things that will make it less harmful on you, at the same time providing uh, access to treatment if you so wish to get to get this treatment without judgment. I'm not going to say like you dirty punitive, addict. Right. We're going to say it's not yeah. punitive and it, and there's there's a word that I'm looking for when you judge someone. But uh, it'll maybe you stigmatize or mark. That's the word. That's the word. Yeah. See this is the genius had, over here. Know, this is the walking that, dictionary it's dude. That Mexican Greek combo that just that is the thing. comes of it. But so, um so, so, we so, had a, a Melissa Jira yeah. um, Grant on. We talked about decriminalization and the Amnesty yes. International's vote to to endorse decriminalizing sex work. And it was yes. a very similar thing where it's just like, what's so fascinating is that people really want to talk to you about the issue in a philosophical way and whether you condone or condemn the use of drugs or sex work. And they don't really care about the quality of life or the survival or the humanity of the sex worker correct. or the, the user or whatever correct. the correct yeah. terminology is. But mm-hmm. it's a very hard thing to talk to people about because they kind of can't get past their own emotions and and, and, and and this is correct, but to get back to the original question that you asked, the uh, the sad reality is that some people started paying more attention because the so-called heroin epidemic right. hit communities that looked a little different uh, than the folks that were there. So yeah. it's so mean, they started. That, so so that in, means so that means that when it started hitting white communities right. and more affluent communities, all of a sudden some of these folks started paying attention. Right. But ultimately, uh, again, I think that we we have made some good uh, some some. There are some good faith efforts, even by some of these conservative advocates, to say that there that harm reduction is an acceptable, uh, not only acceptable but a uh, a successful public health strategy. Right. So my my the bill that I'm talking about is to to be to decriminalize the possession of syringes because right now if you have them you might be charged with a right. crime, which means that you hold on to dirt. You have dirty ones, right? Or and then some more people die or contract HIV or hepatitis C and all that. Other Many of these stuff. things. We will have much more to talk about next time yes. that I come on the Katie Hopper yeah, show. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so <laughs> You're much. You're good. State <laughs> You're good. You're good. Yeah. Trying to practice. Public servant, not a politician. Where can people find you online? Uh, they just go to uh, Gustavo Rivera. They just Google my name, G U S T A V O R I V E R A, River with an A at the end. And I, my office, my official uh, thing, and my Twitter handle, as well as my Instagram and all that stuff is at NY Senator Rivera. Okay. That's one R despite the, the luscious role no, of the two. R. No, Senator oh, and then Rivera. So you, okay, that, so it's two Senator R's. Senator Rivera. Just, that. Okay, just. I was confused. I was like, why is he doing that? Okay, now I get it. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Listen to the Katie Helper Show at WBAI 99.5 FM every Wednesday and on WBI.org. And we can also be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. Like us, vote for us on iTunes, vote us up, whatever, rate us well, all that jazz. And uh, see you next week. <laughs>